Are you guys ready to receive this morning? I have a word. I hope it, it blessed me. If, it, if anything, then you guys can all pray for me at the altar call because it, it, it spoke wonders to me. And I want to just talk a little bit about the anointing and what the anointing does and just one little significant story here about the anointing. And the title of my sermon that I'm going to speak on this morning is Oily Sheeps. <laughs> exactly. You'll figure it out. Well, we're, we're going to get to the oily sheep, so you, um, we'll, 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 we'll get there eventually. But we're going to talk about oily sheep. And um, we're going to, if you guys turn to your Bibles, or if we can pull it up on the screen, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And just do a little uh, background so we can get caught up. Um, the nation of Israel were ruled by judges. Or actually, they were ruled by God. Amen. Which is the best person to rule your life. Amen. Is Jesus Christ and the Lord. And just like human nature, they wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted to be like the Joneses next door. So they pleaded and they cried to God that we want a king. And even God says, this king is going to destroy you. He's going to take away your families. He's going to put you in war. He's going to tax you. Why don't you just let God, just let me rule over you? And they said, no, no. We want a king because everybody else has a king because it's cool to have a king. So Lord said, okay. Saul took over as king of Israel. Saul went bananas and um, lost his sight. Who anointed him as king? Got into himself. And so now we're at a point where God is looking for a new king. And if we can pull up 1 Samuel 16, and it says, Now the Lord said to Sam, Isn't it great having the scriptures up on the screen? Isn't technology cool? Doesn't mean you can't bring your Bibles, but it's just great that we can put the scriptures up, that if you missed a service, you can get a CD, amen? And they're, and, and they're worth what you pay for. They're free, so you can't complain. So... But I just, I just want to give them a heads up up top there. I, it's difficult, it's hard, the technology, the sound, and all that. So we give them a hand. It's great that we can have all this stuff, amen? Back to this. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask. This is New Living Translation, but in the King James Version, and this is important, it doesn't say flask, it says horn. Remember that in your notes. With olive oil and go forth to Bethlehem, find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king, which we find out ends up being David. And David goes on to be the greatest king of Israel. He goes out and he slays Goliath. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read that, he kills the giant. Um, sorry, didn't mean to mess it up for you if you're right there. But yeah, he ends up beating him and does all these wonderful things. Fails miserably in himself, but God still loves him, makes a covenant because he was a man after God's own heart. Amen. So Samuel is going out and he's seeking this king. And number one, it says... What does it tell Samuel to do? Number one, it tells him to stop mourning over past things. He was heartbroken because he was the one who picked, you know, he anointed Saul. He was Saul's friend. He was the, he was the confidant. He tried to raise them him up in the right ways of the Lord. And Saul did his own thing. And he's just mourning and mourning of him. 
And, and just with all the words, and, and God just speaking to me right now, that some of you in your life, you guys got to let it go. You guys got to let go of the past. Just like, just like Samuel, he had to let go of the past. You got to quit mourning. Today's a new day in Jesus Christ. God is saying, fill up, your, fill up your horn and move on. What is done is done. Amen. You got to let loose and give it to God and walk on. Amen. Because I, I just feel there's some people in here that are struggling. They're struggling with the past. They're struggling with some hurts. And they can't let it go. The key word is they, you. You can't let it go. God has already forgiven you. He has forgotten it. And he's just waiting for you to do the same thing this morning. Amen. I hope that speaks to somebody this morning. But it says, if we can pull that back up, 16, verse 1. It says, and you can just go ahead and leave it up there for a little bit. And it says, so fill up your flask. Or in the, in the King James, it says, fill up your horn. You need to be filled up this morning. You need to be filled up this morning. You cannot function until you are filled. You cannot function until you are filled. You wonder why you can't get through the day at work, that your marriage is the way it is, that your kids don't listen to you, the car don't start. All those things are, you know what? They're temperamental. But when you get filled up, when your horn is filled with the anointing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter no more. It doesn't matter what they think of me at my workplace. It doesn't matter that my spouse isn't at the same level that I'm at right now. Because you know what? When you are filled with the anointing, when you're filled with the Spirit, He's in control. You don't have to worry. We should be the most laid-back, happy happy-go-lucky people in the world, and the most uptight, high-strung people I know are Christians. It's amazing. When we have a God that goes out and goes, give me everything, and we're like, nope, I want to hoard everything, and, and, and I'll sort it out, and I'll give it to you. And God's saying, no, just give it all to me. Give it all to me. Let me take it over. Let me work out the issues in your life. But it's just letting it go. So we need to be filled with the anointing. And what does it mean to be anointed? And I looked it up, and it means to be consecrated or set apart. I want everyone to speak after me. I am anointed. Say it one more time. I want to let you know, you're anointed this morning. If you have asked Jesus Christ into your life, whether you believe it or not, you are are anointed and that's so big because so many times we come to an altar trying out for an audition that we've already got the part for that you're praying for things that God has already granted to you you are anointed you are powerful you can do those things that you want you just got to get out of yourself and recognize it you're anointed this morning with a special anointing. My anointing is not your anointing. You have your own horn that God has, just like Brother White was preaching this morning, Brother White, handcrafted horn that God designed for you to pour specifically for you. His horn won't fit Brother Ben's horn. My horn won't fit Jeff's. It won't fit Julie's. It won't fit yours. God has a specific anointing 
for you. That's why we can't compare in the church house. It'll never work. God says that he measures out a faith to each individual person, amen? So you are anointed, and Samuel is going out right now, and he's going to anoint this king over Israel. But let me tell you, there is no more Samuels no more. There is a Jesus Christ that has came and anointed all of you with the blood and the sacrifice that he made on that cross. That we don't have to wait for someone to come to us. He, is, he says that he loved us before when? Before we loved him. That means you were anointed before you even knew it. I want you to hear that. You were anointed before you even knew what anointed meant. Amen? If we can turn to uh, Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's a key word in there. Christ. In the Greek means Christos, which means anointed. Christ wasn't his last name. It wasn't Jesus' last name. It wasn't when he filled out his paperwork, it was Mr. Christ, you know, or hey, Mr. Christ, come here. No, it it wasn't Jesus. That wasn't his last name. It was a, a part of his deity. See, Jesus in the Greek means salvation. And Christ means anointed. He's our anointed Savior. And it's through who? Christ. It's through the anointing. Through the anointing that God fills inside of you that you can do all things. Amen? You're anointed because you're here. Because you chose to come here this morning. Because you chose to come in and worship this morning. You're anointed. Our worship this morning was anointed. If all of us would have realized that our worship was anointed, I wouldn't be here right now the spirit would have broke out and people would have been slain all through this place. But we don't recognize our anointing. We got to come into this place knowing that I'm anointed. That with the anointing, I get privileges. You get perks because you're anointed. Jesus says you're crafted in. You're my, you, you're, you, you and me, we're together. And we need to come into this place like that, not as an outsider, not as a spectator, not as someone pressing our nose up against the window going, oh, I wonder what's going on in there. No, Jesus is saying, come on in. You don't have to wait outside. This is all for you. It's all for you guys. If nobody else was on this planet except for you, this book would have came out the same way that God would have saw that there was sin in your life. He would have sent his son so that you can go to glory. Despite if you were the only person on earth, it would have been the same. There would have been a lot less people in it, but it would have been the same. So we have this anointing. Amen? We're anointed. Amen? You agree with me? We're all anointed. Amen? So as we go through, if we can uh, turn to 16.2. I love this. And it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, oh, uh, sorry, 16.2. says, But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. And the Lord says, Take an heifer, 
with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. God's plan is always the right plan. See, Samuel was in a situation. I've got to fulfill this task, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. How many of us have been there? I want you to be a missionary, but you're broke. I want you to preach the gospel, but you're illiterate. I want you to go work in a Sunday school class, but you hate children. (laughs) Maybe not that one, but uh, that one was funny. We don't hate anybody. Maybe not like as much. Um, But check this out. The same God that has anointed you for the call will equip you for the call. See, the anointing will break and transform every defect in your life. He will take a drunk and make them a preacher. He will make someone that stutters into a speaker. He will take the weak and make them strong. He will take the the fearful and make them powerful. He will take the broken and restore to them everything that that has lost to them. But they have to what? Be filled in the anointing. See, God is willing to do it. God is willing to do it. He's willing to fill you up and give you everything that not your flesh needs, but that your heart and your soul desires. See, there's a separation there. So many times we leave this place disappointed because God didn't meet our fleshly needs. I want a better job. God's saying, no, I want you to stay at the job that you're at because I'm trying to teach you something. It's not what our flesh wants, and we need to get to the point where we start separating what we want in our lives and what God wants in our lives. And when we come to that perspective, when we come to that place, you have unlimited potential. Unlimited. God says, I will pour out unto you a blessing that you cannot contain. How many want that this morning? A blessing that you just, when you, when you leave this place, how was church? I can't describe how church was. It was, ugh, it was, I mean, he fulfilled every, I mean, how, why can't we leave this place like that? When we go home and we go to work, what did you do this weekend? Let me tell you what happened to me this weekend. God just did, I mean, no. We come in here, just like Brother White was saying, we get a little tickle. I call it an AC anointing where it gets a little cold and you get a shiver, you think everything's okay because you got a shiver in your seat, you think God is with you and you leave. And that's not what it's about. It's not about coming here, getting a shiver and a tickle and leaving. It's about leaving this place different than what you came. And God wants to do that for you this morning. And God is willing to do that for you this morning. But you have to be at a place where you're willing to do that. And just like Samuel, we go, how can I do that? Well, how can I get to that? I can't do that. Brother Ben, how can I give $25 a month? That's a preposterous. I have to not go to McDonald's twice? And, what? No, I have to make a sandwich? I can't get a $30 cup of coffee? What? The answers are all in front of us. It's willing, are we willing to make the sacrifices and the changes for God to equip us for the call that he's given us. Amen? We have to be renewed. Romans, if we can turn to Romans 12. 
Verse 2. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. The patterns. There's a pattern to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That word renew means a change for the better. A change for the better. How many of us need a change for the better? I do. Am I content in my life? No. But guess what? If I don't conform and I'm transformed by the renewing of the mind through Jesus Christ, I can get a change for the better. Every single time I encounter God, I can have a change for the better. What? Change for the better. Every time. Every time. If I give it to God, he's going to change it for the better. For his what? Perfect will. His perfect will for your life. You want to leave a life with no stress and no worries? You get in his perfect will. You talk about comfort for the rest of your life. You get in his perfect will. Nothing will shake you. Nothing will tear you down. Because it doesn't matter. That background noise, it doesn't matter. Because you're in his will. If we can turn to, back to 1 Samuel 16, verse 4. You want to know the secret to life? You want to have the secret to that perfect will where there is no conflict in your life. A perfect church service. A perfect sermon. A perfect worship service. You want that? It's in this right here. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. I can end right there and have a full-blown altar call because none of us have fulfilled that call. Right? That's it. So Samuel did what the Lord instructed. If we did that on a daily basis, number one, this place would be filled. It would be filled with the second building full with the little video monitor. Because I'm not just looking to fill this place. There's a lot of room on this property. If we all, as a congregation, did as the Lord instructed, that's it. That's it. You, 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 you ran the race and you met the mark. But we don't, so let's go on. <laughs> um, we'll read on. So Sammy did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived to Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? I think that's hilarious because you know what? Sometimes when God speaks something into your life, it isn't always good. It's not. Sometimes he wants to tell you something that you've done wrong. And sometimes he wants to come at you with a word of correction. But we don't want to hear that, no. I want to be loved and set free and joyful. No, and God's like, no, there's other things. That's why they came trembling, because they didn't know, is this good or bad? Have you sinned? Have you sinned? Do you sin? Is Billy Joe in the back? Has he got his problems covered? Why is he coming here? Because this was out of the blue. They were freaking out. They were like, what's going on? It wasn't like every day that the prophet came by and said hi to everyone. It was, whoa, what's going on? So wait. 
go to, uh, to verse 5. And it says, Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons. This is, this is kind of important right here. And invited them to sacrifice too. So they came, Jesse and all of his sons, all of his sons that were there, purified themselves, did all the rituals and did everything, right? And go on to uh, verse 6. And it says, When they arrived, Samuel looked at Elab, or Elab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. This dude was jacked, stacked, handsome. He was the bachelor, man. He was like, Bleep. Everyone was giving Elab the rose. It was like, that's the man. He looked the part. He looked the part of the king. He was fly and sweet and just, and, and surely Samuel was like, this is it. Didn't even interview him. Didn't even hear a word. Whoa, look at that. I got all excited, knocked my mic off. Um, God, I got excited about Eli. I was just like, I'm, I hadn't even met the guy and I'm enamored with him. Um, but Samuel was the same way. Didn't even talk. To, this is it. This is the man. See, Samuel was falling into the same trap he did before with Saul. He was going by appearance. He was going by what he thought looked good. What we should look like as Christians. So we'll go on to verse 7, and it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, what does he say? He says, Do not judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't want to see the things that you see uh, the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? He looks at the heart. And I'm running out of time. So I'm going to um, uh, jump ahead here. Actually, I'm just going to stray away from, from the Scripture because I am running out of time. So he goes through all of his brothers. All seven brothers. Seven of them. He goes through. Is this guy it? Nope. Is this guy it? Nope. Is this guy it? Nope. That ain't it. Nope, 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 nope. The Lord doesn't look at your waistline, your hairline, your wallet, your car, your hair, but the Lord looks at your heart. They had the look, but they can never fulfill the role. See, we come in here, we look the part, but we cannot fulfill the role. We raise our hands, but we never worship. We give, but we're not stewards. And we pray, but all we do are speak words. See, our oil, or our, our, our horns are not filled up. We're not working in the anointing. When you're not working in the anointing, you can look the part all you want, but God will never, ever, ever Take you in fully if you did, if you did it with all your heart. God is looking for your heart. And as we go on, and this is the key here, isn't it great that our afterthought is God's plan A? Our afterthought is God's plan A. The things that you went through that were horrible that you want to forget. Maybe some of you are divorced. Maybe some of you have been abused. Maybe some of you had an addiction problem or an emotional problem. And God is saying, I don't want you to forget. I, I, I want to heal you from that, but I'm going to use you through that for a purpose. And it says... And, 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 and I love this set of saying, he goes, is, is this all you have? 
He, he says that to Jesse. Samuel says, that, is this all that you have? And, and then Jesse's like, well, there's David. But he's in the sheep field. He's the youngest. And he says, we ain't gonna sit down until he gets here. And just because you're invisible doesn't mean you're not important. Just because you're not seen doesn't mean you're not important. He says, bring David here. And guess what? David wasn't part of the sanctification ceremony. He didn't have to go through all of that. He didn't go through all the preparations that they did for that. But guess what? He got a standing ovation when he walked in that door. And some of you are in a shepherd field right now. And you feel unseen this whole year. You feel like nobody sees me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. That I am all alone and I'm saying right now, God sees you. God sees what you're going through. David was left out by all the others, but chosen by God. Just because you're not visible does not mean you're not valuable. See, I think David wasn't forgotten, but he was hidden. I think he was hidden because you hide stuff you cherish. I remember as a kid growing up, trick or treat, before I got in the house, I hid all the good stuff. (laughs) This is all you got? That's all I got. I know our youngest Maddie, that's... Her crutch is her can- I, it is Christmas. We're cl- candy bars under pillow. I'm like, where is she putting all this? Because she cherished it. You hide what you cherish. You store away what you cherish. See, God is saving you for something while you're in the shepherd field. He's saving you for something. Why can't I be that person? Why can't I be that person? Because I'm saving you for something greater. I found a great quote. It's the thing that nobody else sees that produces the results that everyone wants. I'll read it one more time. It says, it's the thing that nobody sees that produces the results that everyone wants. See, David was still in the shepherd field. And Saul came, or not Saul, I'm sorry. Samuel came and said, that's the man. That's the king of Israel. And he took that horn of oil and poured it over David's head. Now remember I said there was significant with the horn because when Saul was anointed king, and if you go back and you you do a little research, it said that Samuel used a little flask that was vulnerable and brittle and made of glass because that was man's chosen king. See, anytime you want man to do something in your life, it's going to be small and it's going to break. But when Samuel anointed David, he used the horn, which was strong and had a lot more oil. See, when God pours something into you, it ain't going to break and it's going to cover everything in your life. Amen. So there's young David, covered in oil, dripping, going to be the king of Israel. 
And then that's it. And then Samuel's like, all right, I gotta go. And then takes off. So it's like, okay. So David, as this young boy, is, uh, uh, you know, pretty much to God saying, this is gonna be the king. And Samuel goes away. And Saul is having a rough time. And there's a spirit that's tormenting Saul. And he's, I need a musician that can come and play. And they're all like, oh yeah, we'll get David. So David, and, and, and that's, that's not what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to this point. That David is anointed king of Israel. King! He's the king! It's, it's done! It's, this is it. You're going to be the king. The next time we find David, you know where he's at? He's back in the shepherd field. The anointed king of Israel is in the shepherd field. And that's where I get the oily sheep. See, when you are anointed, it doesn't change your position all the times. It changes your perspective. And so many times we come in here and we want a position change and not a perspective change. See, how can God empower you to do something that you're trying to run from? How can you be a king if you can't shepherd sheep? And God anointed David and it said it came over him powerfully. The spirit came over him powerfully that he wasn't going to be shepherding sheep like a shepherd, but I'm going to shepherd sheep as a king. Amen? And that's what God wants to do with you in the situation that's in your life. Not to pull you out of it and make you forget, but to give you a perspective to do what you are doing now with excellence and anointing and power. Because if you can't handle what God has given you now, you'll never fulfill what he's going to give you in the future. Because it was the, sh- the field experience that gave David the strength to kill Goliath. Because it was the field experience that he went to Saul and said, I can handle this guy. Because it was when, when I was in what? When I was in the Field, I killed the bear and I killed the lion. I can handle this because I've already been through it. It's your experiences that you're going through now that's going to get you to where you need to be in the future. You can't slay Goliath until you fight the bear and the lion in the field. And we want to reject the field and go right to the kingship. And it ain't going to work. Because you're going to be another Saul. You're going to lose perspective. Don't wait for a better position. Don't wait for a better position in your life. Just like Brother White was preaching last week. If I only had her as a wall. If I only had her as a wife. If I only had that situation. You picked her. You married her. Deal with it. You picked that job. Nobody forced you to pick that job. You picked that job. You wanted that position. Deal with it. Your position's not going to change. But your perspective will. What if God wants you to stay in the position that you're at for the meantime, for right now, to give you a fresh vision and a fresh anointing? How many of us just want a fresh vision and a fresh anointing Not change the position that I'm in. Not change the place that I'm in. I just want a freshness. I want a new insight. When you get to that place, 
Well, you're not looking for a position change, but a perspective change. You get to this point where it's, I've got nothing to prove and only one person to please. I've got nothing to prove and only one person to please. When you get that anointing, it's a pre-approval. It's a pre-approval by God. When you get saved, when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, it's a pre-approval stamp that, guess what? Everything from now on to the end is in my control. That regardless if you're in the kingdom or the shepherd field, I've got it handled. See, we're not fighting battles to prove something to God and to others. We're fighting to establish what God has proven, that God is with us. If I can have the worship team come up, and this is, this is my favorite part out of the whole thing. Jesse had seven sons come before Samuel. Seven. That's significant. Numbers are significant in the Bible. Don't take numbers for granted. He had said he had seven sons. Seven means completion, finished. God did the earth in what? Seven days. Seven means completion. And some of your lives you think it's complete, it's done, it's set, it's established, it's, this is it. This is it for me. This is my situation and this is how it's going to be. Some of us come into this, the, the, we've came into this place today saying, there's no change. There's nothing else for me. I'm, this is it. It's complete. But it said that there was a what? There was an eighth son. An eighth son. What? Eight in the Bible means new beginnings. There is a new beginning for each and every one of you this morning. There is a new beginning Waiting for you. Handcrafted. Designed specifically for you. This morning, there's a new beginning. All of us like new stuff. Even if your life is great. Maybe you're spiritual. Maybe you're just, you're, you're hitting it. You're, you're there. Doesn't mean you can't get just a little bit more fresher this morning. Get a little bit more better perspective. Get a little bit more deeper than you already are. I'm going to ask everyone in this building just to close your eyes right now. And this isn't a time to, to, to duck out early. This isn't a time to, to, to get an early lunch. This is what it's all about right now. This is what the service is all about right now. And I just ask right now for reverence. If this doesn't apply to you, then just pray for the ones that it is. But right now, maybe through this whole service, you, you, you don't understand, what, what's this anointing? What's this thing that God has for me? And it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you've never, ever in your life gave your heart to God, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Maybe something that was spoke this morning or during the worship just touched you. Maybe you need a new beginning this morning. Maybe you're just tired of the same old things that are going through your life. And you need a fresh perspective. You need to get yourself out of the rut that you're in. And Jesus Christ right now, if you accept him into your heart, 
will give you a new perspective and give you the strength to carry on and give you the answers that you are seeking for this morning. And with every head bowed, if that is you this morning, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just, want, I just want you to raise your hand. Praise God. Maybe your horn this morning isn't filled the way it should be. Maybe you've came into church with an empty horn and you just need to be filled up so that you can get through the task that you need to get to, that, that, that God can equip you for the calling that he's given you. Or maybe you're, you just, you're just out in a shepherd's field and you're invisible to everybody and you feel that you're not valuable because you're not seen. God sees you this morning and he's saying, I have something wonderfully planned specifically for you. If that is you this morning, if you feel that you're in the shepherd field, that you're invisible to everybody else, or you need that fresh anointing, I want you to come to this altar. I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you that today is a new beginning for you. That your life is not complete. It's not over. It's not stamped, approved. It's just beginning that you can leave today with today being the best day of your life, with a new beginning, a new vision, and a new calling in your life. Amen? If that is you this morning, don't hesitate. Don't let the enemy lie to you. The enemy's a liar. He will keep you where you're at so that that he can fulfill his purpose. And I bind anything right now that would hinder you from coming up and getting what you need from God this morning. Amen? These altars are open. Don't let your opportunity slip away. Today is a new beginning for you. A new beginning.